0: And if you will all take your copy of God's Word out and turn to Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, I heard this story, um, it's been several months ago, but it was a dinner party at a fairly upscale neighborhood in the Washington, D.C. area. There were eight friends, and it was about 10 o'clock in the evening, and they were just enjoying dinner together, and they were outdoors. And, and, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, in the middle of this celebration, in the middle of friends getting together, uh, a man and his wife were standing between sitting beside each other and a barrel a barrel of a gun comes between them and it gets pointed at one of the uh, one of the the people's heads, and the the person that is holding the trigger, holding this gun, is is just saying things like, "Give give me all your money. I'm I'm gonna shoot." And and so that fighter that fight or flight kicks in, right? Like that reaction kicks in. There wasn't any where to 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 go, like run to, and, and and they knew like in that moment they didn't have the upper hand physically, so they just started fighting verbally, and they started uh, trying to shame this individual, and it was a very tense moment, and. And it wasn't working. And look, I, I hope nobody's experienced anything quite to that degree. And, and I hope nobody has a gun to their head today. But here's, here's what I know, that, that we're walking through some moments in our culture and our society that can be a little bit tense. That, that can feel like we're uh, being held at gunpoint, so to speak. And how do I react in this situation? Here's what you have to know. Here's what you have to know about yourself psychologically all right, this is true, is that all of us, all of us are born with a mirror. We got a mirror. Uh, You got a mirror in your heart. You got a mirror in your eyes. You got a mirror in your facial expressions. You got a mirror in your words. And so here's what you have to know. Just naturally embedded in us, we tend to mirror behavior. And that can be good, bad, or indifferent. Like on 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 the good side, if i'm smiling at you i may not be able to see it through a lot of masks but hopefully you're you're smiling back at me right like a smi- a smile or if you walk in uh to a place of business and and they say hello we we mirror that behavior and we we say hello back if you wave to me i'm going to wave and and then i'm going to be embarrassed because you're actually waving to the person behind me but we we mirror behavior right and that's good but it can also be bad because somebody comments on something that I said and it's a little bit biting and a little bit sarcastic well I can one-up you in the sarcasm and I can one I can bite back or or if somebody comes at me maybe maybe you come at them a little bit stronger if somebody raises their voice at you maybe you come back, maybe you mirror and it's just a little bit stronger. If somebody cuts you off in traffic, you begin to mirror that behavior until you realize that you have a CFA magnet on your car and then you back off a little bit. But we are designed, we're designed to mirror. Jesus speaks to this and. Matthew chapter 5, it's, well, it's, it's his most famous sermon. Matthew chapter 5, it's called the sermon. You may have heard the title of it. Even if you're not familiar with the teachings of, of Jesus, maybe you've heard the Sermon on the Mount, the Sermon on the Mount. So the context of this is Jesus is gathering his disciples up on the hillside, outside uh, of the area where he was teaching, and he, and he sits them down. And he, be, he begins to teach. This is, his first, this is really his first full-length sermon as he's stepping out now into public ministry. And Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to begin reading at verse 38. You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And I just got to tell you, there are some days when I would have started amening Jesus in that moment. Like, that's the amen moment. I'm like, I'm like hey, I, I kind of like this new preacher. I like where he's going. And I'm, rehearse, I'm starting to rehearse, like, oh, the person that offended me the other day, the person that, that raised their voice in me, the person that didn't like what I had to say. And I'm like, I like, I like where you're going with that, Jesus. I remember reading about that in Deuteronomy. I remember that Levitical, eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Jesus, come on. That's a good first point, Jesus. I'm shouting them down in the chat. I'm saying amen. I'm saying let's go. I'm saying preach, preach. Give me point two, Jesus. That was a good first point. Give me point two, Jesus. Jesus like, all right. He says, but I say to you, do not resist an evil person. I'm like, Jesus, you lost me. (laughs) Jesus, can we we go back to, to point one? I'd like to hear more about that first point, preacher. Jesus, what are, you, what are you saying here? Jesus just keeps pressing on here. Jesus says, if someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If your suit in cord and your shirt is taken from you, give him your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Verse 43, you have heard it said, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those of you who, pray for those who persecute you. And that way you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there that. Even corrupt, corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you're kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even the pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. I got to tell you, it's as uncomfortable for this preacher to read that scripture as it is for you to hear that scripture. See, what, Je- what Jesus says as he comes onto the scene, he said, I know in all of us is this mirror. You say something to me, I'm going to say, you come after my coat, I'm going to come after your coat. You, you, you slap me on the right cheek, I'm going sl- to slap back. The spirit of slap is going to come all over me. You, you, you come at me and I come at you. And Jesus says, I know. I know. I get it. I get it. But Jesus came not to enhance the mirror within us. See, what Jesus does is he flips the script. Jesus flips the script. He says, if you, re- if you really want to change the world, if you really want to be my follower... If you really want to live a spirit-empowered life because everything that is human in me and flesh in me says I'm going to win, you get loud, I'm going to get louder, you stand up for your rights, I'm going to shout, I'm, gonna shout louder. I'm, gonna, I'm going to shout louder, I'm going to win this thing, that's, that's my humanity, that's our humanity in us. And Jesus says, that's fine, that's your humanity, but that's not the gospel. It's not the ways of Jesus and that if we really want to change our world and a society and our culture that is so infused with anger, so infused with hate, that's so infused with I'm going to get one up on you, what Jesus says is I've come to flip the script. You know what's interesting about that Old Testament law? The Old Testament law, it's, it feels like that that law was, was a, a justice law, and in some ways it was. But you know, even that Old Testament law was a grace law. Do you know the history of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth? So the history of that is that um, in most societies, if somebody took out your eye, what you would do is you would take out their head. That's what that's what it was. Like you take out uh, you take out my tooth, I'm gonna chop off your head. And so, what what the Old Testament law? It was actually a grace law, saying I'm going to limit the punishment and to that of of the crime. But now Jesus comes on the scene and he completely turns this upside down. Friends, I'm telling you, I'm just telling you the culture and society that we're living in. We've we're watching this, we're watching this transform between before our eyes. We've gone from those of you that grew up in the in the 50s and 60s, you were in a culture that was friendly towards Christianity. It was friendly toward Christianity. There was prayer before ball games, and and the Ten Commandments were in schools and in courtrooms, and and there was there was a friendly attitude, even if people weren't christ followers themselves there was a friendly attitude of culture toward christianity we've seen that change recently and in the past couple decades now we've walked through a society that was tolerant of christianity so they might not have ascribed to those things, but i 'm going to still let you have your prayers and i 'm going to still let you do your thing and, and we'll let we 'll let those we 'll kind of let those slide and, and, and we 're watching now another transformation uh, before our eyes that society is turning hostile towards christianity and, and sometimes we don 't know what, we don 't know what to do with that right because how, how do I respond and how do I react and And the crazy thing is, is this is the exact society that Jesus stepped into. This society was very hostile towards the things of God, was hostile towards the message of Christ. And Jesus says, if you want to transform a society that is hostile towards the gospel, that is hostile towards the things of God, then you can't mirror, you got to flip the script. Flip the script, write that down, flip the script. If you're taking notes, write down these three things. This is how we flip the script. This is how we respond with the power of the Holy Spirit. The first thing is we gotta, we gotta turn the other cheek. Harrison, come on up here. I didn't tell him this ahead of time because I didn't want him to get nervous, but the new guy on staff, always has to take one for the team. And so and so Jesus sa- Jesus says this. He says, if somebody, just face me, he says, if somebody strikes you on the right cheek. So if somebody strikes you, we've been working out a little bit on Mondays together. So you're looking, but you can't block me because Jesus said not to block, right? So I'm just, I, I haven't been watching a lot of MMA, but I saw a couple of commercials. And so I'm watching like how they, I'm watching how they use their body in, in this, right? So it's not just about your arm strength. It's about getting the, it's about getting the hip movement in it, and it's, it says that if somebody strikes you on the on the right cheek. But then, but then I started I started like kind of going right and right and left and left, and I'm I'm right-handed. Don't worry, I'm not gonna hit you. That's great. <laughs> Most people today, upwards of seventy-five percent of people. Sorry, lefties. All, all the lefties wave at me. Wave at me with your left hand. I see you lefties. We got love. But most people, and you know, right, like scissors and and doorknobs and just like a lot of things are designed for for right-handed people. And so you've gone you've gone through this world. But most people most people are right-handed. What does what does Jesus say? If somebody strikes you on which cheek? On which cheek? On the right cheek. So that means if I'm right-handed, it not it it's not an overt swing. What is it? What am I doing? It's a backhand. Yeah. And that, give Harrison a round of applause for not being struck on stage. What Jesus is talking about is not physical violence. It's emotional. Jesus is, not, Jesus is not saying if you're in a physically abusive relationship that you need to just stay in that physically abusive relationship. That's not what Jesus was talking about. Jesus is not talking about physical wounds. He was talking about being insulted. What do you do when you're insulted? What do you do when, you're, when your opinions, when, you're, when your views, when, when your way of life, when somebody comes at you When they they insult you, not even because of what you've said or what you've done, but because of who you are, because you choose to follow Jesus, to turn the other cheek simply means to ignore the insult. When everything in us wants to fight back, when everything in us wants to mirror, when everything in us wants to not only mirror the insult, but to up the insult, I, 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 I was going to say I love the way that Matthew puts it, but I, but I don't. I don't, lo- I don't love any of this scripture. A lot of times on Sunday mornings I was like, this is my new favorite scripture. I love this scripture. I don't love this scripture. It's convicting. It's hard. It's hard to read. It's, it's hard to hear. It's, it's, hard to, it's hard to preach. Matthew says it like this, though. He says, simply ignore Insignificant insults and trivial losses. I do like this part. It says, do not bother to retaliate. Maintain your dignity, your self-respect, and your poise. How many of you know that dignity, self-respect, and poise are values that we don't see a lot in this culture? But how about, I want you to think of somebody in your life. Think of somebody who walks with dignity. Think of somebody in your life who walks with self-respect. Think of somebody that you admire. I want you, to, I want you to picture that person right now. This person in my life, they walk with dignity. They walk with self-respect. They walk with Poise. That's how I see you walking, child of God. When somebody comes at you, you got too much dignity in you. You've got royalty in your veins, and royals don't step down and fight little peasant fights. You're too anointed for that. You're going to live above that. You're not going to get called down out of your anointing to step into some little petty dispute. If somebody insults you, you live above it. You rise above it, you walk with dignity, I walk with self-respect, you walk with poise, and you tell me that other people don't see that, and they notice it. They notice it. They're going to notice the poise of which you carry yourself. You're going to no, they're going to notice the dignity with which you walk through life, the self-respect with which you walk through life. So number one is turn the other cheek. Number two is give a coat. And it's about 118 degrees today in the Carolinas. You're like, no problem, Pastor. You can take all my coats. Jesus, Jesus says this, so if somebody takes you to court, somebody takes you to court, and they ask for your shirt, give them, give them your coat. Well, you've got to understand how people in the first century dress. You've got to understand a little bit about their wardrobe. You know, they, didn't have a, they didn't have these walk-in closets. <laughs> they didn't have closets. What they had probably, probably, especially the poorer class, and probably most of the quote, what, what we would think of as the middle class, they had one outer coat. They had, they had an undergarment, that, and that's what is translated in this passage as the shirt. And then there was the outer garment. It was a coat. And that was not just their style. That was, that was functional. That was their blanket. That was how they, they slept at night. And so like this was, this was a significant piece of property. And so what Jesus says, if somebody goes after your shirt, something, your under, undershirt that is not that much value, you up the game and you go ahead and give them a cloak. Often in conflict, we're, we're looking to win. And winning is defined by the destruction of the person that you're pitted against. And Jesus is saying that we should look to offer more than what is even asked in order to resolve conflict. He flips the script. He flips the script, Jesus is always flipping the script and it's uncomfortable and it's, it's hard. But when we flip the script in this arena, we say I approach conflict resolution not with the attitude of what can I get, but what can I give. I don't know what conflict you're walking through in your life, but here's what I know probably most of you are walking through one. Conflict, we walk through conflict continually and the angle at which most people uh, 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 go into conflict is what can I get? How can I get what's mine? What can I get out of conflict? What if we truly flipped the script and approached that not with what can I get but what can I give? And then the third thing that Jesus says just real practically, now that you don't have a coat, and now that you're walking with dignity and poise, as Jesus says, and go, go ahead and walk the second mile. Go ahead and walk the second mile. So if a Roman soldier came up to you and asked for, for you to walk a mile. So here was the, the culture of the day. You had, so Jesus is addressing Jewish people. And remember, the nation of Israel, it was under Roman occupation. So they already already hated all things Roman here were the foreigners here were the the evil gentiles that were occupying the land of god and they were enforcing their rules and their regulations and their way of life and not only were they forcing the jewish people to live in a way that they didn't believe uh, that they should live but but they had to pay taxes to caesar and now and now the law was the law was that any roman soldier could walk up to any Jewish individual and demand that that Jew carried the Roman's backpack. It's about, it about 60 pounds. Any, any hikers in the house? I saw, I saw Ben walking in. Ben's, Ben's a, Ben, we walked the, uh, the, the, the AT a little bit together. And when we say a little bit together, and I, I got, I see Joe out there and, and they know I'm like, I've only walked like 17 miles, but here's, here's what I know. I've done, listen to, um, I might not, I've, I may have only hiked 17 miles of the 2000 of the AT, but I've listened to a podcast and I read a book. So I'm an expert now on, on hiking. here's what, here's what I know about hiking. Like if you're a through a through hiker, so they call it on the Appalachian Trail, you start in uh, Georgia and then you go all the way up to Maine. A through hiker, one of the things it's all about it's all about pack weight. And there's this ultra light movement of you're trying to get your base weight even down under under 20 pounds, and that's that's super light. But even like you know 20, 22, 25 base weight, that's without your food and th- stuff like that. So that's just like your sleeping bag and and some some cooking utensils and accessories and that. 60. I'm just telling you, 60 pounds is a lot. 60 pounds, y'all borrow, y'all borrow a kid on the way out if somebody will let you borrow their 60 pounds. Just throw, dads, dads, you ever, you ever do this? Like I remember hiking one time uh, when my kids were little and we were probably a little bit ambitious in the amount of miles that we were trying to cover when our kids were little. And I just remember that moment where the kids were like, you know the meltdown of like it was fun and now it's not fun anymore and we're too far into the hike to be able to just turn around and so you're taking you're taking all of that weight and you're walking 6 you know 60 pounds is not light walk a mile walk a mile with that 60 pounds and Jesus said, and so if the Jewish people didn't do that, then they, then they got flogged. And they had the Roman roads were set up a lot like our highways are. So you had the mile markers. You can't be like, you know, 300 steps into this. Wow, that mile went quick, quick crazy. Like you knew exactly on these Roman roads, this is the start of the mile and this is the end of the mile. And, and then actually it wasn't just a mile, was it? Because you were probably not going that direction. And if you were not going that direction, then you had to walk a mile with 60 pounds on your back and then turn around and walk another mile back. You know, isn't that on a road trip? Isn't that the frustration of taking a wrong turn and getting lost? It's not just I went the wrong way and lost that time. Now it's, now, now it's I got to double back and waste all of that time just to get back to the point where I was originally. And so, and so all of this and the desire is to mirror so Roman soldier, Roman soldiers coming at me, we'll all walk, but I'm going to do it with a horrible attitude. And I got all kinds of phrases and words that are going through my head and, and all of these things. And But imagine, imagine that when the Jewish individual gets to the first mile, what if the whole first mile, he's just kind of carrying on a conversation? Hey, tell me about your, tell me about your family. Tell me about, tell me about your job. Tell me about your kids. Oh, you got... You got a, a five-year-old, I got, I got a six-year-old, and you're just carrying on a conversation. You get to that mile marker, you get to that mile marker. Everything that has been expected of you and demanded of you, and it's unfair, and it's unjust, and it doesn't make sense, and, and when is this Roman occupation going to end? And he gets to the end of that one mile, and the other guy, the Jewish guy, looks at the Roman soldier and says, no, bro, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Come on. Come on, I got a second mile. And what if the conversation begins to flip and the Roman soldier starts saying things like why are you doing this? Why did you have why did you have such a good attitude the first mile and now you're walking the second mile? Why are you doing that? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. See, I follow the teachings of this new guy, this new prophet. I don't know if you've heard of him, but his name is Jesus. And I used to have all kinds of hate. I used to be so angry. I used to be filled with all kinds of venom. But I met this guy, Jesus, and he totally changed my life. And now I follow him. And I don't just follow him from a distance. I try to follow him really close. And I take his teachings very seriously. And and so he changed my heart. And so now where there was hate, now there's peace. Where there was rebellion, now There's love, and the Roman soldier starts to say, could you tell me a little bit about Jesus? Can I just ask you? I know, I get it. I don't like it either. I don't like to flip the script. I like to mirror. Sometimes it feels good to mirror, but what if flipping the script in somebody's life meant that they had an opportunity to hear the gospel? Would it be worth it? What if if the unfair unjust situation that you're walking through at work right now is simply a platform for you to preach the gospel. And you preach it first through your actions, and then you preach it through your attitude, and then you get to preach it through your words. Oh, by by the way, that party in D.C., and they're yelling at him, and the gun is there, and it's tense. Somebody, somebody, it was the wife of the, the husband that's got the, the gun to him, and, and, and the wife just says this. She says, you know, we're just celebrating here. Would you, would you sit down with us, and would you share a meal? And it was in that moment of flipping the script that finally final, the gun goes down. And the guy sits down. He basically says three things. He says, You know, I, I think I'm at the wrong place. And then he said, I'm sorry. And then he gets up and he says, As he's leaving, he's like, Can I have a hug? That's, that's different. That's different than how that situation started. Can I just ask you, what, what if this Jesus stuff really works? What if flipping the script really works? What if in a culture it's very hostile right now? It's very bitter, it's very angry? What if flipping the script really works? What if it could diffuse that situation at work? What if it could diffuse the tension? Around your dinner table in your family. What if, what if returning, what if somebody gives hate and you give love? Somebody gives judgment and you get look, I know, I know, see, it's not, it's not hard. It's not hard. Hard hard is the yard work that you did yesterday. That was that was hard. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this isn't hard. This is impossible. This is, this is impossible. You don't, you don't have it in you. You're not, not I know, I know me. I'm not nice enough. I can't work, like I might be able to fake it for a little bit. It's impossible. So that's why it has to be supernatural. It has to be supernatural. It can't be you. It has to be the Jesus in you. And speaking of Jesus, I saw this for the first time. Y'all, this wasn't, this wasn't a sermon. I thought, it, I thought it was a sermon. I thought that Jesus was, was preaching a sermon. He wasn't preaching a sermon. He was giving a prophecy. You know what he was prophesying about? He was, he was prophesying about his own life. Because what was the first thing? If somebody backhands you, if somebody insults you, can I, can I remind you of what the Bible says in Luke chapter 22, that when Jesus was going to the cross, that the guards in charge of Jesus began mocking him and beating him and they blindfolded him and they said, prophesy to us, who hit you? Who hit you that time? Who hit you that time? And they hurled all sorts of insults at him and Jesus responded with poise and dignity in the face of being struck and insulted Jesus said I'm gonna rise above this and then what happened went to his cloak didn't it do you remember do you remember that in Luke 23, and Jesus said, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing, and they divided up his clothes, both his undergarment and his outer garment. They divided up his clothes by casting lots, and Jesus still, he could have called 10,000 angels from heaven. He had all power of the universe within him to stop the moment, and Jesus turns the other cheek, and he gives up his coat. And then the book of John chapter 19 says that they forced him. It says they forced him to carry his cross. But I got a little bit of an issue with the word force. Because I know the Roman soldiers thought that they were forcing Jesus to do something. But they can't force Jesus. You can't force my Jesus to do anything my Jesus carried that cross not because some Roman soldier was over him barking orders at him my Jesus carried that cross because he wanted to because he saw you and because he saw me and because he knew with every step he was taking out the powers of sin and hell and death and the grave and he knew that he was diffusing Roman opposition he knew that he was diffusing the work of the enemy in that moment my Jesus my Jesus took the insults my Jesus gave his coat and my Jesus walked the second mile and he did it for me And he did it for you. With heads bowed and eyes closed across every location, joining us online, I promise you there's not another person in your life that will do for you what Jesus did for you. There's not another God. There's not another religion. There's not another system of belief where the very Son of God will voluntarily lay down his life to forgive your sins to love you, to accept you just the way you are, but then to call you into a life of radically following following him. And so with every head bowed, if every eye closed, I'm just going to count to three. And if you say, Pastor, I want to follow this man. I want to do more than follow him. I need him in my heart. I need him in my life. Pastor, I'm full of anger, hate, revenge, and bitterness. And I need the love and forgiveness of Jesus to come into my heart and to come into my life. If that's you, heads bowed, eyes closed, every location, no matter where you're joining us, viewing online. I want you to raise your hand in this moment. One, two, three put your hand up you can put it right back down come on church let's all pray this prayer together and join those who are walking from death to life say Jesus forgive me of my sins I believe that you died on the cross and rose again I believe Jesus that you are forgiver of my sins and so I ask you Jesus to come into my heart and to come into my life and help me to live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. And now would you just stand to your feet? If you would, if you're standing, if you'd say, pastor, I've got a situation in my life where I want a mirror. I want a mirror so bad, but I need the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to help me. I want to flip the script in my family right now. I want to flip the script at my job right now. I want to flip the script in a relationship. Pastor, when I walk through Lowe's, I want to flip the script. When I walk through food food line, I want to flip the script. I want to be a carrier of the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you just lift a hand and say, that's me. I want to be somebody that flips the script. Father, I empower your people in the name of Jesus with the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I confess to you right now so many times. I give into my inner mirror, but God, I pray that through the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit that you would help us to diffuse and flip. We're going to change the atmosphere of our culture. We're going to shift the atmosphere in the name of of Jesus. We're going to shift it from hate to love. We're going to shift it from rebellion to obedience. We're going to shift it from disobedience to love. We're going to shift it from sin to faith in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe that, if you're thankful for Jesus who flipped the script, give him a shout of praise in this place today.